2: Uh, where? First of all, happy birthday, Dallas Braden! Yeah, woo! Yay. Yay. Yay! Where is it? Uh, where is it? There it is! Yeah, oh, yeah! All of, all the grave diggers out there, wishing Dallas Braden a happy birthday. He made it, another trip around the sun. He won't take for granted that a Major League Baseball team wished him a happy birthday. Not really a Major League Baseball team, but some would say they're on the
1: website. They're one of the 30. Absolutely a team. Mm -hmm. Absolutely a unified front. They are a team. They are a team. They wish Dallas
2: Braden a happy birthday. Uh, What is it, 45?
1: Uh, Nope, not even close. Okay, Not even close, but I am officially out of my 30s. Wow, how's that feel? Yeah. The big four. the mm. big four. I feel great. I feel great. I feel yeah. like a 21 year old stud. Like <laughs> I said, you're just a 21 year old stallion full of energy, full of life, mm-hmm. you know? And the best part about birthdays, Jay Hay and I were talking about this a little earlier. Best I part about birthdays is, uh, Oh, Oh, so uh, Hey, are you, I uh, would uh, be careful there. Uh, <laughs> But it's, it's the messages you know it's it's the uh the folks that are reaching out yeah. and uh <laughs> i got i got a great i got i got a great message some great exchanges i like i, that. I tell you yeah, it's like, on like i said <laughs> that's it, it's almost like you don't want me to get get the tell the story i mean what i can shift mean? gears if you'd like what do you mean what story yeah i mean i fly my guy down here to do me sometimes <laughs> I was, uh, I was reached out to by, um, again, I've, I've got an incredible relationship with a lot of the ladies who are our listeners of our Attracted to a lot of different guys. (laughs) And that doesn't keep me from connecting with the, the women on our podcast or the listeners of our podcast. Yeah. And, uh, I got to tell you, Jared, there's one young lady who, who has continued to warm my bosom. Mm-hmm. Throughout the years. Yeah. And uh well, let me just tell you how this exchange went. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Dallas birthday emoji. <laughs> That's what she sounds like heart. <laughs> That's what she and I like. said and I said, Thanks, Ellen. Can't believe I've made it to 40. Mm-hmm. And she said, Are you really? question mark question mark well happy 40th exclamation point exclamation point She thought that you were 50 that's how she said I, I said i'll take that as a compliment i've got the energy of a 21 year old exclamation point and she said it's absolutely a compliment exclamation point followed up with oh and i know that firsthand <laughs> I- smiley face and, and, and I think that's because it,
2: she, I think she meant like you're a loud mouth dickhead is what. She oh, meant.
1: no, no. I mean, again, Jerry, that might be. be like, yeah. Like the, name like, most, your like annoying insight.
2: group of people. Oh, yeah. 21 year olds. Like they just sure. got their no. driver's license to turn the other way. They're now. Uh, well, I, mean, I think that's loud what you might want to think it is fucking annoying. That's what, but I think our that's relationship.
1: Our relationship is built on on so many more things, Jared so mm-hmm. many more emotions for it yeah. to be that simplistic so mm-hmm. uh but it was it was a beautiful exchange uh one of the many that I enjoyed. Thank you for bringing that up, yeah You're yeah welcome. and uh <laughs> it might be a it might be a pinned tweet later I just because it's one of those messages that moves you
2: you know mm-hmm. you didn't even wish me a
1: happy birthday, yeah, that's false. No, it's not. No, I'm pretty sure I wished you a happy birthday. Not this year. Um, uh, I don't believe that. We can go. We i digitally. There's a. There's a record of that. Yeah, there
2: is. I don't think you did. I'm pretty sure I did. I'm throwing the challenge flag. We well, want to make a bet on it. Absolutely. All right, Jersey bet. <laughs> yeah, done. All right. All right. If done. Dallas Braden, if Dallas Braden cannot. Come forth with Confirm evidence
1: that I acknowledged your birthday.
2: That he wished me a happy birthday this year. Then he owes me a jersey, and I, Joey, owes me a jersey that I'm giving to Jay. <laughs> so there's a lot of jersey exchanges happening on this podcast. But I don't think he did.
1: I'm pretty sure I did. You I don't think, think that's something. I don't think that's something that I would overlook if it was brought to my attention. I don't think it's something I would overlook.
2: You so you don't know my birthday then? Brought to your I attention mean, has to be brought to your attention. You don't know my birthday.
1: I don't have Facebook to I mean i was born on opening day it's pretty easy to remember <laughs> i mean opening day changes right we had march i was born yet.
2: on the day that ken griffey jr made his big league debut
1: we had march through april 4th
2: april 3rd 1989
1: so the literal so I was day. one day off i was one day off the literal one day. day off and i didn't even give birth to you it was your mother who gave birth to you just does. in the room <laughs> mm-hmm. all right
2: um that's two free jerseys for me from we'll people see. on this podcast
1: we'll see i'm pretty confident pretty confident. you shouldn't be yeah you want to get to some weekend storylines i'd love to get to some weekend storylines would you i would i would i mean <clears throat> I, I i might get i might get basted for my weekend storyline but uh, oh oh jay hey turn your head turn your head but there is a new dawn on the horizon Oh, God. For the athletics. No, really? God.
2: Please don't start there. Anyway,
1: this episode is sponsored by Knockaround
2: Sunglasses. Quality, polarized, affordable shades, including the new MLB and U.S. women's soccer team pairs. Check them out at knockaround.com. Um, I'm just going to. Who who wants to go for Does anyone want to go for it? Jay Hay wants to go first. Okay. Good to know. Jay Hay wants to go first. Uh, As always. The weekend headlines brought to you by DirecTV, home to the most local MLB games. Uh, Justin Havens has volunteered to go first. What what stood out to you the most over the weekend, Jay?
0: It's the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay, Uh, they're. I've been a fool plenty of times over the 2023 season for takes or observations, and there's nothing I feel dumber about than not picking the Dodgers to win the NL West at the start of the season, um, because that one was a total, totally forced, unforced error uh, on, on anybody who didn't pick the Dodgers. And it's not so much that they completed a four-game sweep of the Rockies since the last time that we talked, although that doesn't hurt. They allowed six total runs in four games. Um, it's not that they, uh, are 23 and 12 against the NL West and have won eight straight against that division, uh, not just against the Rockies, but also the D backs and the Padres. Um, they're eight and a half games up on the division. So that's over now. The NL West (laughs) is the Dodgers yet again. Uh, and it is August 14th. Uh, so it really wasn't even dramatic. They are up to number two. In World Series equity, uh, odds to win at 16% uh, per fan graphs. That's behind only the Braves now. Uh, They're clearly the number two team, uh, according to that, well ahead of the Astros and Rays and Rangers and all of that. Um, And specifically about what happened since the last time that we podcast, it's the pitching. Um, And it's the people doing the pitching that I think is important for this team moving forward. Yeah, so Urias was the most recent one, obviously. Uh, In three August starts now, he's up to 18 innings pitched with only 11 hits and three earned runs allowed and 22 strikeouts to only two walks. So a lot of people had him as like a potential Cy Young candidate entering the season. It's been kind of a rocky up and down season. He looks like he might be hitting his form at exactly the right time. Uh, They got Kershaw back on Thursday. He made his first start since late June. Five innings pitched, one earned run. Pretty typical stuff there, but good to have him back. And then maybe the most interesting uh, is something that we talked about on this podcast and, you know, suggested was a real possibility, which is that Lance Lynn looked like a totally different pitcher once he got to the Dodgers and Lance Lynn looks like a totally different pitcher now that he's with the Dodgers. 18 innings pitched, 13 hits, uh, only four earned runs, a 22 to four strikeout to walk ratio in in those 18 innings. And that included his first start without a home run allowed since the last time we podcasted. So, it's the Dodgers uh, They're to me. We can debate whether they are as good as some of the peak Dodgers teams of the last couple of se- last decade or whatever. But relative to the rest of the league, they may very well as be as dangerous uh, to win the World Series as they've ever been. And uh, I feel very silly for picking against them. That's what stood out. Well,
1: I, I, don't, I don't think I don't think it's necessarily silly, though, to pick against them when you think about Kershaw being a guy that, you know, was going to miss time. You're coming into the season with no Walker Bueller. You've got Dustin May on the shelf. So there were there were questions around how they were going to be able to fill the holes and whether or not they were going to be able to get a performance like they have gotten from Urias up to this point. And so I'm with you because it just feels like the Padres have continued to linger and tease you when you start the season anew and it's fresh and it's zero zero across the board. Everybody's in first place. You'd like to think. <laughs> that at some point in time that team is going to get their shit together and it just never happened and the dodgers just continue to do what organizations that can create their own depth and create their own resources do and that's get to a point where you just keep plugging along and kicking the piss at everybody mm.
2: uh did anyone pick the dodgers i feel like so to Jay Hay's point like joey picked the dodgers okay easily. fair. Easily, Uh, I think on the other side of things, right after what the Padres did this past offseason, if the shoe was on the other foot and we all picked the Dodgers because of history and not the Padres because of for whatever reasons, if the Padres were eight and a half games up right now. And we all had the Dodgers. We would all be sitting here being like, man, I feel really stupid for not picking yeah. the Padres. Like, how do we not see it after the offseason that they had and all that? Like, why didn't we buy into that? So, I mean, it is what it is. Obviously, like the Dodgers are just there. Been there, done that type team. Um, You know what? I'm going to go next. I'm going to go next. Because there's one individual that certainly deserves uh, a lot of credit for... Dallas had one good day of work. This individual had one 20 minutes worth of good work, but it was something to behold if you were watching it live. Said Mully. And the pitch home. In our
1: line to center field and deep. Mullins is back. He's at the wall. He leaps. And Cedric made the catch. He did it. He did the impossible. Cedric Mullins took the game tied home run away from Ty France.
2: This was in the ninth inning to take so away dusty. the game, no, game tying home run in the ninth. And then he comes up in the 10th in a tie game, 3 3, and does
1: this. And Mullins drives this one into right field. That's a fair yeah. ball. That is deep. That is oh out of here. Cedric Mullins oh robs God. a home run. Cedric Mullins hits a home run, and the Orioles are back in front. you kidding me? Cedric had – this is probably the greatest two half innings I've ever seen a player have. He brings a home run back, hits one foul, and then comes back and hits a two-run homer to get the Orioles a two-run lead.
2: That's the type of game that has, like, the 55-year-old dudes being like, all right, so explain war to me. Because if that's not one win, I don't get the stat, okay he robbed a home run, he hit a home run, he won the game that's one win. How is that not worth one win? I don't get it that's the type of game where people get really confused
1: about wins above replacement said so, I mean hey plus minus it's a simple it's simple it's simple math yeah <laughs> it's simple math yeah yeah that's how I look at it. <laughs> It's simple math,
2: but that's a, uh, that's a big win for the O's. They needed it. They needed it after uh, the Kevin Brown stuff. I guess we can kind of parlay that into a Kevin Brown discussion. Cause that also happened over the weekend. I don't know what your guys thoughts were on uh, the Kevin Brown statement, but it certainly read as though he uh, had a gun to his head at the time. <laughs> It kind of, for me, it kind of undid all of the, the support that he got. This Here it is. O's fans, I'm a storyteller and never want to be a part of the story. The most compelling story in baseball right now is the story of the league leading Baltimore Orioles, the best, most exciting young team in the American League. Unfortunately, recent media reports have mischaracterized my relationship with my adopted hometown Orioles. The fact is, I have a wonderful relationship with the organization, and our ownership and front office has fully supported me since 2019 when I first came aboard. I ask that everyone disregard the distracting noise of the past few days. I have worked closely with O's SVP, Greg Bader, for the past four years, and John Angelos and I have a solid dialogue based on mutual respect. We are all good here in Birdland. I am proud to be an Oriole and call Baltimore home and there is no place in baseball i'd rather be now and for the long haul go os holy shit so <laughs> i mean
0: i've never been that, more concerned for kevin brown
2: right like i mean clearly clearly <laughs> this is just like but, a hey please dude like we'll give you we'll give you a 50k bump if you just put out a statement saying that everything's all good and this is just a big misunderstanding sure no problem like that that statement the, under no circumstances is that genuine from the heart or the truth. Like now all the broadcasters that went out on a limb on their own baseball broadcast, they were like, Hey, this is fucking bullshit. Like the Orioles are treating Kevin Brown. Uh, it, it's unacceptable. Uh, it's, it's unnecessary. It's embarrassing for that organization. I can't believe that they would do this. They're acting like a dictatorship. And then because of the groundswell of support that Kevin Brown got from all fans and broadcasters alike, He's reinstated. I mean they they he was suspended indefinitely at, for 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 essentially doing nothing. But then he gets brought back and not only does he get brought back but he comes back with this statement that I don't know was probably prepared by someone at like a PR firm or something and it's to take the heat off of the Orioles but like no one's going to buy that. Like there I don't know what PR firm said thumbs up to this, but shame on that person for not having the sense or the feel to realize that all this statement does is make people angrier, because you're asking well, the dude that you unjustly suspended to now be a
1: human shield for you. What would you actually have Kevin Brown do?
0: Fuck the Orioles! I, I quit! Fuck you! Uh, fucking
1: see, <laughs> because because Joe, no, let's just like seriously, let's think about this. I don't hear anybody clamoring for reasons why Kevin Brown didn't go scorched earth. I don't hear anybody clamoring for Kevin Brown to go scorched earth. Like what, what is it? Because there's a simple understanding that if he were to do something like that, his job and his livelihood would be in very real jeopardy. And who would do that? Like, is that, is that a, like, does, is he allowed that grace? Like, is there, is there a level of understanding here that we just, blow past when when contextualizing his situation right. like what would you have to do do right. like if he's and I'm I'm not saying that uh, you know I'm not taking away from anything you guys have said about you know whether it's genuine or not or I'm just I'm saying after he has the discussions with whomever he has those discussions with and it goes how it goes and this is what they landed on. What would you then have Kevin Brown do? Look at them and go, no, I'm not doing this. And then them go, okay, well, then we're moving on. And and at the end of the day, what would Kevin Brown do? Tweet that and get everybody's likes and retweets and then wake up the next day looking for a different way to provide for his family? Because, I mean, he got the adoration and the approval of everybody that wants to tell the ownership group or whomever is responsible for this decision to piss off. Right, so they get to like the and then and then what? Well, then nothing. And now Kevin Brown is a folk hero for telling his boss to get bent and then losing his job.
3: It would be risky, risky, but that might pay off. I don't know. I wouldn't have done that, but if he would have said "fuck (laughs) the Orioles," you know, I think he might get a job at ESPN or something cool because he'd be such a legend. He'd be lived for it. (laughs) People are going to forget Kevin Brown. Not, I mean, not forget him, but like this is his spot. He could have went WWE and said, fuck all you guys, and then rolled the dice. I think that might have paid off. It would have been a risk, but it would have been a risk. Would have been I, definitely a big risk.
0: I completely agree with Dallas's point. I think Kevin Brown looked at his uh, how much money the support that he was getting nationally was putting into his bank account and how much the Baltimore Orioles and Masson were currently putting into his bank account and decided that one of those figures was a lot, more, was a lot larger and a lot more guaranteed uh than the other ones and i just i actually kind of disagree with the idea that this inflames the situation i think this is a ridiculously hollow statement and we're all on the same page there i think we've correctly read it as forced and all of that i actually think despite that i'm more inclined to move on now because i think it's just a permanent black mark on the on the orioles who who executed the suspension and i think kevin brown fairly or unfairly, has communicated that his interest in litigating this situation, quote unquote, is over. And so over. I, and so like, what else is there to say about it other than the Orioles look like jackasses? They look like jackasses for this statement, too. But where do you go from there with it? Like, I just don't. I, yes, it makes some people angrier, but I also think it's just like once you get past that initial wave of second anger, it's just like, OK, well, now that's over. And that that booth, that that situation is just kind of silly in a lot of ways, like that whole situation is silly and, and laughable. And uh, he's just going to go on doing that job. And it's probably because he wouldn't have gotten another job or immediately or at all if he had gone scorched earth. Yeah, it's almost like that would have been just a really dumb idea. <laughs>
3: Well, the Mets guy said that all 29 teams wanted him. That's what the Mets guy said. Uh, Gary Cohen. I guess that wasn't true. But do you think he's really having conversations with the owner? Like in that statement, I'm having a dialogue with Mr. Angelos?
1: Oh, uh, there's absolutely – Absolutely. There if, if he's not speaking directly to that individual, I would believe or, you know, who again, whomever is the one that's making these final decisions, if it's a, a group of the Angelosas, I mean I, I have no idea. I'm not gonna pretend like I know how they run business. But there is absolutely direct communication either between him or the camp and whoever's represent yes.
3: Cause I do think like doesn't I feel like this is giving him more leverage where they I mean if he was to be kind of like I'm not going to read this statement and they fired him it's just gonna make things 10 times worse for the Orioles
1: yeah but again where does Kevin Brown land at the end of all that great now the like here's the then to Jay Hay's point like the idea of of being so far removed from public opinion where it affects you in your daily life like you know CEOs and and owners of you know, gajillion dollar companies and like they're, they're to a man, they are unaffected by the social goings on. They, they, they're, you know what I mean? I don't want to call them uncancelable, but like the idea of social media taking them down and getting in the way of how they were like, that's not a thing for them. They don't care about your opinion. They're,
3: they, no. Seems like they do if they're telling them he can't read off a fucking stat that says they lost 10 games in a row, 10 series in a row. It seems like it kind of does. In some ways, rub, grinds the gears.
1: No, my my point is, they are, folks are more than willing to control that narrative publicly and not not care that you have an opinion about it, and they'll do what optically needs to be
0: done to just move on, and they're unaffected. Also, the reality is is that there are thirty MLB broadcasting jobs, basically, right, and. While it's nice 30. for the Mets broadcast to say that every team would want Kevin Brown, I think it's equally likely that uh, no ownership group or who's ever overseeing the adjacent broadcast unit would necessarily go through the the, the prickly nature of hiring a guy who ruffled one of the other 30 teams um, if they have a, a candidate who's maybe 85 or 90% as good as Kevin Brown. I think that's a risk that Kevin Brown would be assuming, and it would be a big risk. If he did go down that path, which isn't to call into question his talent or or whether that's right. But I think that's a practical nature of when you have a very contained like market, basically, which is what Major League Baseball announcing and sports announcing. Yeah.
1: Remember, there's no union.
0: There's no union
1: for broadcasters. Doesn't work that way. Let's start one let's start it starts now, <laughs> Dallas.
3: We gotta come together, bro <laughs> you gotta fucking text Kevin Brown dude, I'm gonna say some shit on the broadcast tonight, but you gotta have my back, man and we're gonna quit together and, <laughs> yeah.
1: oh, we'll be we'll be calling fucking badminton games <laughs> in New Hampshire
2: what's that that's fine.
3: What's wrong
1: with that yeah oh, I just I don't know. I don't know if the badminton scene is is you know generating a lot of a lot of run in New Hampshire. Right pickleball now. is popping off in New England. Pickleball. Yeah, what really? I mean, you guys oh, get yeah. to play sports like three months out of the year outside. Inside, dude. You ever heard of a dome? Yeah, you. you I mean, you, uh, pickleball inside, little indoor pickleball. I guess. I mean, is in is indoor. There's outdoor. It's all
2: pickleball's all the rage these days. I haven't played, I but I I hear these things.
1: I would just want to do pickleball outside, pickleball inside. Let's play racquetball inside.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I actually have a second story that I wanted to talk about. Not to oh. not to hog the the weekend headlines or anything, but. um, <clears throat> I don't know. There's a there's a game yesterday. That I just I couldn't not discuss. 3 2 again.
1: Downs
0: up the middle. Nets
1: win. Nets win. The Scrappy Nets have done it again. They've done
2: it again, the Scrappy Nets. (laughs) Down five in the bottom of the ninth. They score six Six runs. runs In the bottom of the ninth. Six runs. And Jeter Downs' his first hit as a National. First hit as a National. Game here today. Former Red Sox prospect Jeter oh Downs with the dagger in DC. What a game that was! Holy shit! What a series! What a series! Why are, you, why are you watching a Nats game? Jeter Downs, dude. Former Red Sox prospect Jeter Downs. Yeah. I mean, the Nats, 2019 World Series champs. Hmm. that's a a big game game. that's a big game on a sunday
1: it was a game on a sunday it was a game game on a sunday Sunday. (laughs) it was a game on a sunday yeah i can tell you i can tell you right now the uh the cough button they're gonna need a new one in (laughs) in dc
2: Can you, uh, speaking of baseball broadcasting, can you take us through the ninth, like your emotions, what were you feeling up there?
1: Well, I, I said it right as soon as I could feel the snowball start to work its way down the hill. (laughs) I, I said, you know, I said, one thing you have to be aware of, you have to remember whether you believe it or not, you're bringing in high leverage arms late in the ball game without the leverage attached to it. Sometimes things do not just go the way you'd like them to go. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, I started to paint the picture how, you know, there's a difference. Like any spring training game you get in is just not gonna feel the same, even as a regular season ball game in the late summer, even if you don't have much to play for in terms of a division race or postseason birth or blah. I said those outings just feel different. The last three outs, I went into what we all understand about the ninth inning and it just mm-hmm. continued. That snowball continued to, to roll downhill. There was nobody yeah. that was melting the snowball.
2: Six-run ninth. Holy fuck. Yeah. I mean, the Yankees was, were winning 7-3 to three in the bottom of the ninth, but it's no six-run ninth. It's tough. It was only, tough. only five for them. Right? No, call them the scrappy Fox, Nats for
3: nothing, man. Right, this is a team.
2: Marlins, too. 2-1. Hey!
0: hero the marlins come all the way back eight seven and it's a marlins win
2: i mean good thing the yankees sold at the trade that because they would look like fucking idiots if they were like let's let's go for it dude uh that would be embarrassing
1: <laughs> now we ride <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah oh, what's the
2: run differential it's gotta be like zero The Yankees. Yeah.
1: Are they, well, I mean, they're, you guys are still the one. No, I think they're like, I honestly think they're like plus one one or two. Plus Ah! one. (laughs) Plus one. I was going to say, you guys are still the only division in baseball that has everybody in the the positive. Yeah. Yeah. They're plus one.
2: So they're going to be ruining it for everybody. We're trying to have the best division of all time. And then you get the garbage ass Yankees with a plus one run differential. It's embarrassing. Um, (laughs) Joseph, what was the story that stood out to you over the weekend? Uh, to me, I, I, you know, we talked about the Dodgers
3: and that division, but the series between the Diamondbacks and the um, Padres was, mm-hmm. I mean, the Diamondbacks, they lost nine in a row. And to break that streak against the Padres kind of just makes both those teams look really bad, you know? Because, <laughs> like, I mean, the Diamondbacks have been on a freaking uh, – You know, uh, I mean, they're seven and 20 since the All Star break. I think people have kind of just like tuned them out and not said, like, what the fuck? Like, guys, we we thought we had something here, but the snakes got cold. And to have them get back against the Padres and their team that's been so disappointing is just kind of like,
1: yeah, not good. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, no. what are they back? They're only they're only back in terms of being within striking distance of the wild card. No, they're right? not. I mean, that's they're not their, back. That's they're their not. back. They're twelve they're, they're
2: about, and a half back. Of yeah, audience. I was just going to say crazy. they're they're
1: they're two weeks out of first place. Like they're, well, that's they're not. They're back. two and a half
2: back in the wild card.
1: Yeah, wild they're card el- conversation. We can have that el- conversation. They're
3: eligible, but to say the Diamondbacks are they're- back, <laughs> I, they got to get more back. They did have sick jerseys, like the jerseys they were wearing with the purple snakes. That was cool. I think that you know helped them get back, but also playing the Padres, who refused to get back. Um, two they teams get that more back. these two teams are not back. <laughs> and, you know, we're telling how good the Dodgers are. The Dodgers are really good. They're killing it. But like to get an eight and a half re- lead like this, there was a lot of losing that had to happen between the Padres and the Diamondbacks, who are just. Uh, disappointing me and I, I like good baseball when i don't see good baseball i get pissed off and i see something like that and i, I just want to i need to bring it up and hold people accountable i don't know what is happening
2: when i don't see good baseball i get pissed off <laughs> It's
1: very relatable um dallas you might want to bash what happened yesterday in in uh wherever the hell we were dc I don't. I don't care. That's fine. There, there's a lot of A's fans who do listen to what we talk about here. Yeah, no, and they,
2: large contingency of A's fans,
1: and and they should know that it is a very exciting time to watch guys like Lawrence Butler come up and just start to give you glimpses of what the future looks like. That though has uh, largely occurred because of what Zach Geloff has done since his arrival. In the big leagues, just had his first multi-homer big league game. That's awesome. He's had, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this. He's had over 200 people, like friends, family, and shit, following him around in D.C. because he's from uh, he's from Delaware. And I mean, he legit had like three sections worth of fans. So when he's fucking blasting balls out of the ballpark, there's like a, a massive group of people that are just losing their mind. But watching the impact that he has had on just a young group of players, I think you're starting to see their personalities come out and it really shine through even in a even in a horrible series sweep. Cause there's no doubt about it, you could have won each and every one of those games, and you ended up losing each and every one of those games. But the exciting part is watching Zach Geloff enhance the uh, the the game of a guy like Nick Allen, watching Law Dog come up, Lawrence Butler. His first big league knock, double off the left center field wall. It was fucking hundred ten miles an hour off the bat. Almost hit it through the wall. Uh, that that dude's gonna be a beast. So, I'm I'm excited about that. That was my storyline. Even in a shitty series sweep, I was still able to see the light. Is Law Dog his real nickname? Law <laughs> Dog. Right, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I didn't know if that, that was off law the cuff. No, or if no. What, if that what really have you been living on a rock, Jay? Hey, what the crap? I,
0: I want to make sure <laughs> that was law dog? authenticated or if that was just off the cuff. <laughs> you, you don't know,
2: know law, dog? Jeez, dude. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's my bad. Uh, that's can I go back? Bad. Can I react to Joey's really quick? Quickly, though? Please. Because like, mm-hmm. I, I I know we gave a lot the Reds a lot of attention for not upgrading their... Pitching, they're starting pitching primarily, and you know the the Orioles added Flaherty, and it was that enough, et cetera, et cetera. I I just think what the Diamondbacks didn't do was as disappointing as arguably any like nominal fringe contender uh, team didn't do because their need, at least one of their needs, was super apparent and has remained super apparent since that point. Um, and they just didn't really, they didn't do anything to do it. Their rotation is entirely too reliant on Zach Gallen primarily and Merrill Kelly. Secondarily, the other people who have soaked up the most starts in this rotation have been like uniformly terrible this season. That list, uh, includes, but not limited to Ryan Nelson, Tommy Henry, Zach Davies, uh, and Madison Bumgarner, to name a few, from earlier in the season, but like those three, four, five spots in the rotation, and six and seven have been a disaster, and it doesn't really look like immediate help is on the way. So I just think I just think that was disappointing. For yeah. I know the Reds are sexier, but this team has Corbin Carroll; he's a franchise caliber player. They have a frontline caliber, you know, borderline, you know, maybe even Cy Young caliber pitcher in, in Zach Gallen and and sat on their hands.
3: What makes that even more interesting is that they actually did make moves. It's not for their rotation. They got yeah, Tommy Fam. Yeah, You're right. You're right. Who's hitting third? Yeah. And they got um, Seawald. So it's like they got guys, but not. I guess definitely not the right guys. Yeah, and, and I they they probably wish they had Bumgarner right now.
0: And with all due respect that, to that, Tommy Fam, like the short side of a platoon, it you know kind of out corner outfielder. That is definitely a move, um, but I think. I think they needed to do something with a little bit more thump. And I think it needed to come in the rotation.
3: Yeah. I mean, Tommy fam having a great year, but when I saw him batting third, it's like, I'm kind of like, oof, you know, <laughs> that's kind of a bad, you
1: know, sign. they're trying to, they're trying to tap into that good year. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Joe didn't go the uh, absolute demolishing <laughs> beat down of the New York Mets this past weekend.
3: What They had a good, they had a good, they had, they, they, they crushed us yesterday. I mean, they got, they, <laughs> I was, I think people are kind of, you know, writing off the vets right now. It seems like, and yeah, but that ball club I saw last night on Sunday night, baseball, and the, you know, the bright lights to come. What through. was Saturday game one, 21
2: to three. Yeah. Like I said,
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a day game. It wasn't the bright lights, double header. It could be tough to, you know, wake up early one o'clock game. Well, let's just focus on Sunday. They won. Yeah, they, Net, did right. you know, they they padded their lead. Now they, they're a half game up on the Nats for fourth place. So mm-hmm. moving forward, I think the Mets are feeling good, you know, good about their chances.
1: Yeah, we could also talk about Matt and just absolutely yeah. fucking blasting baseballs. Yeah. What is he up to, 43? 43. 43, 43. leads Major League Baseball. Well, he hit two in the, he hit two in one game the other day, right? Yes, he hit sir. two
2: on Saturday. Yeah, uh, hit another one for good measure, and that the one that he hit last night that made it a one run game, feet. right, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, that made it a one run game. Uh, yeah, three either three or four home runs over the weekend. Three home uh, runs this weekend. Crazy. Six
3: RBIs, four walks, and a freaking seven hits. Damn! So you don't miss Freddie Freeman at all now. I mean, hey, I don't miss him, man. But it's crazy to think because Freddie's having like an MVP cali- caliber season and you see that and you're yeah. – I, 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 you see him do that and you're like, damn, man, oh, we had Freddie back. And then your brain doesn't – well, who do we have now? Oh, Matt Olson, the guy who leads the league in homers. So it's like, hey. You know, we replaced him with a, with a great guy. Thank God for Matty O. Because if we replaced Freddie with, with like pretty much any first baseman in the league right yeah. now,
2: I would be like, fuck, like what if we had Freddie? But thank God for Matt Olson. Thank God for Matt Olson. I can't think of another example in the game of baseball where a team has traded or lost a player in free agency and immediately replaced them with someone that was like just as good, if not better.
1: Well, I mean, we can look no further than Mr. Pena winning the fucking ALCS yeah. MVP well, and then he's the World Series MVP dog after Carlos here. Correa left. No, for sure. But that happened the second year after Correa left. This is, um, we're talking about Correa leaving town when yeah. Correa signed for a billion dollars for the contracts <laughs> yeah. and didn't play for any of them. And yeah, Pena slid in and was like, yo, I can be that dude. I got that dog give me. Yeah.
2: I guess I like, guess I guess that's probably like the closest example, but it's still not a perfect example because they both suck this
1: year. Yeah, no, I mean, but just the, the fact that both players one leaves and he's still doing his thing. And then the guy that comes in allows you to almost forget about the other dude who's having an MVP fucking caliber season yeah. like that doesn't like, happen a this lot. Way.
2: If the Red Sox replaced Mookie Betts with Julio Rodriguez, it still wouldn't be a perfect example because like, of the down year that J-Rod's had.
1: Right. But, I mean, they replaced him with Alex Verdugo.
0: Oh, I, I have one maybe. Jay Hay? <laughs> it's not perfect because uh, I would argue neither of the players are quite as good as either of these guys are playing right now. But when the Phillies... Signed and then moved Jim Tomey to make room for Ryan Howard. Oh, okay. That's a
2: good one. Thank you. Yeah.
3: And it's right there. They, they got the Astros example, you got the Braves examples, and the Phillies examples, the three best franchises in the history of Major League wow. Baseball.
2: Wow. Just, we just it's all do about it different. them, Phil's boy. It's all about the DraftKings parlay, too, that we do here with baseball's Dead. Uh, Dallas, this is for you. Uh, actually, you know what? You can probably help me on this one. A bantamweight battle for the belt is going down during UFC 292. Uh, what is Sterling's first name? Aljamain. Aljamain Sterling and Sean O'Malley
1: will mm-hmm. fight sugar for the Shaw, title Baby, Sugar this Shaw.
2: Saturday, will the current champ keep his crown, or is it the challenger's time to shine? Get your bets in on the DraftKings sportsbook. The official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet just five dollars to get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly.
1: Uh, Dallas, who do you like in this fight? Fuck, man. I mean, uh, Al Jermaine is an absolute beast. He, he I mean, he, he's he's high level. Um, although I got to man, Sugar Sean has been talking about the work he's been putting in. I just watched him fucking choke out Takanori Gomi guillotine uh, in a no gi match. So I mean, Sugar Sh- Sean is a fucking weapon in his own right, and the dude is a striker. Like both these dudes, it it, it it's going to be a fucking it's. There's going to be fur flying. It is going right. to be a dog fight. So right. I I think I almost kind of man. I I just I want to lean Sugar Sean because the dude gets real baked. He is the fourth right brother. Um. <laughs> so I, I part of me wants to lean Sugar Sean, and the fact that he just fucking slept talking Gomi, who is an absolute pride legend, um. Makes me want to lean sugar. Hmm. Okay. Download the DraftKings
2: Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Jared, (sighs) J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 on UFC 292 to get $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's this Saturday, only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877 Hope and Why or text Hope and Why in Kansas call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21+ plus in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com/sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire 7 days after insurance opt in and 10+ plus leg requirement for 100% boost Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Uh, <clears throat> all right. It's time for another Baseball is Dead Parlay where I automatically get it right and we see if the rest of the dickheads on this show can match my energy. Um, Sarah, the winning bet for is me she- is Corbin Carroll, two plus total bases. That's, a, that's an easy one. <clears throat> um. The D-backs are going up against uh, Chris Flexen tonight. 20 appearances, seven starts, a a 792 ERA, and a 194 whip. So he's just, he's struggling. And Corbin Carroll this year, fifth in the big leagues in slugging percentage against right-handed pitching, 567 slugging percentage. Only Shohei, Matty O, Julio Daniel Martinez, and Ronald Acuna Jr. have been better against right-handed pitching this season than Corbin Carroll. So it is Corbin Carroll two-plus total bases. Mm.
1: Dallas, uh, <clears throat> well, I, I'm, 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 battling here. I'm battling here because yeah, Max probably. Scherzer. Hit. Yeah, we know, we know. I mean, it's been, a, it's been a week. It's been one week. Um, I like the Rangers <clears throat> plus one fourteen with the minus one and a half run line. Uh, they got Scherzer on the mound. The problem is. He's going against Patrick Sandoval, who's been throwing the piss out of the baseball lately. So I'm not quite sure about that. You could take the minus 175 money line on that game. But I feel like that's, I I don't know how much value I'm bringing to the table. Uh, So I've been looking at the Mariners against the Royals. They're flying into town. Uh, The seamen have Logan Gilbert on the tit. And Brady Singer is on the bump for the Kansas City Royals. I think I like the Mariners money line in that game. Mm. Hey,
2: Mariners money line.
3: Joseph? Well, Clark shit. Oh, Clark Schmidt. Has, Clark um... shit. Clark <laughs> shit. <Yeah.
2: laughs> Clark. Six and a half strikeouts. you taking the over.
3: Uh, no, but he's facing the Atlanta Braves. And um, uh, so, you know, struggles against lefties. You know, you could say Matt Olson hits a home run. You could probably bank that. But a guy like me on a parlay like this, I like to go for the shirt thing. And you got mm. Michael Harris being overlooked. Michael Harris gets a hit.
2: Pick. Okay. Okay. Uh, also, aren't you guys getting Luis Severino in this series as well?
1: <laughs> mm. That so, game man. is
2: going to be 19 to nothing by the second. Lucky.
0: Uh, <laughs> lucky. Uh, Jay. Hey. All right. Looking for a bounce back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to go with the fighting Astros on the road. Against the Marlins today, um, <clears throat> money line Astros to win. They are, it's uh, Framber Valdez, Braxton Garrett. Astros are sixth in MLB in weighted runs created plus against lefties overall this season, and over their last nineteen games against lefties, they have a three oh two batting average and a nine forty four OPS. Um, and Braxton Garrett himself has a five three five ERA since the beginning of July. I'm going Astros to win. I'd be okay. nervous
3: about that. The Marlins got their swagger back. Yeah, the Yankees help him out. The Yankees, so they got it against. They got it back nervous. against the. They got it back against the Reds. You see, Jazz Chisholm slapped that man on his ass after the home run. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then Ashcraft had some words to say to Jazz. You know, Jazz comes back in the lineup already. You know, he's an electric. Uh, what's what's the word? He um he uh he um. What happens when you uh die, and then you got to shock shock the, the defibrillator? Mm-hmm. yeah defibrillator so jazz should, should they his nickname new nickname is the defibrillator comes back oh. to line up any fucking i like that starts a little problem gets people hyped up beat the reds two games beat the yankees marlins are hot
1: how's you do it joe
2: i'm so glad we have someone like joe here to to do things that make high people like no one else is laughing at that besides
1: Dallas. no several like, people just rewound that and listen to it again they're baked too that's <laughs> <laughs> all good
2: <laughs> uh not to bring the vibes down but i feel like i feel like we at least have to hit on the wander thing right we gotta at least acknowledge that that's happening
1: uh, uh yeah i think so yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of details that I think still probably need to be hashed out. There's right. a lot of information and context that needs to be added to the situation. I think, but uh, I think on the surface, you just look at it and you can you can assess that this is not a great situation.
2: No, uh, pretty pretty serious allegations regarding uh, Tampa Bay Rays shortstop Wander Franco. Uh, if you haven't seen or heard about them. Type in his name on Twitter. You'll find out pretty quickly what's going on over there. But Jeff Passan tweeted late last night. What time was this? Like 1130 Eastern PM. (laughs) Tampa Bay shortstop Wander Franco did not travel on the team plane to San Francisco, where the Rays will start a series with the Giants tomorrow. Sources tell ESPN The Rays earlier said MLB is doing, quote, due diligence concerning social media posts from earlier today about Franco. MLB is looking into the social media posts and is yet to verify the information. This er this early in the process, without confirmed facts, Franco could be uh, placed on the restricted list or administrative leave. The Rays, when asked about Franco not being on the plane, declined comment. So, uh... This is uh, one of those situations where, because I remember, I remember uh, when the Trevor Bauer stuff happened, that I was getting shit from like people in my life being like, "How are you gonna stay silent? How are you not saying anything about this?" It's like the news just came out. Like we, like you can tweet whatever you want, but when you have a show and a platform, you have to wait for all the information to come out before you correct comment on something like that. Uh, Obviously, we weren't gonna not acknowledge it but we don't have all the information um jeff passan as far as i know uh is the only reporter to like officially acknowledge it right did anyone else acknowledge it
1: uh i haven't i haven't seen anything no i mean just just different different outlets you know different papers yeah but yeah no no like i haven't seen anything from buster oldney i haven't seen anything from uh <clears throat> ken rosenthal you know
2: yeah, I mean, it's obviously a very serious story with very serious implications if the information ends up being confirmed. Um, so it's something that we're going to put a pin in. We'll circle back when we get more information. But for now, uh, yeah, that seems like a, a very not good situation for both Wander Franco and the Tampa Bay Rays, who what What was that contract? 177 million? Was it more than that?
1: Yeah, no, it was, uh, that's, that's it's what like 189, I, was like. I believe. 182.
2: That. There you
1: go. 11 year 182 could be worth up to 223 million i'm and i'm reading this on amny.com um and they have they have the raise statement did you read you didn't read the raise statement did you uh i think i saw a tweet about it maybe yeah the, the raise statement says during today's game we were made aware of the social media posts that are circulating regarding wander franco We take the situation seriously and are in close contact with Major League Baseball as it conducts its due diligence. So that was the Ray's statement on the matter. And uh, this report reads that on his Instagram Live, uh, Franco denied the allegation saying, they say that I'm in public with a little girl, that I'm running around with a minor. People don't know what to do with their time. They don't know what they're talking about. That's why I prefer to be on my side and not get involved with anybody, end quote. Hmm. So again, this is coming from amny.com. Uh Joe Pintorno, it looks like.
2: Yeah, I saw him I saw him doing an Instagram live, but it was all in Spanish. So yeah, that's, the, that's the problem with this stuff is like all this
3: stuff is coming out in Spanish and like getting it over to the English, you know, to the media. I think it's like harder
2: to get information on. It. I had no idea it an Instagram live. Yeah, I did an Instagram live and he didn't seem overly concerned about the situation because Jose Siri was like dancing in the background. <laughs> what? Like, just was not overly concerned, I don't think. So uh, we'll circle back and when we get more information. Uh, as of right now, that's all we got, uh, and I'm sure that we'll have some some clarity in the coming days. Uh, did you see this Kowloon story, Dallas?
1: No. What? Mm. What happened? What? What uh, happened? Is Kowloon the... okay? Let's start there. Kowloon
2: is okay. okay. Kowloon is okay, but if you were in the area this weekend, you might not be okay because they are shutting down Kowloon on Saturday. Because what? just for Saturday, okay. Because someone is having a private wedding ceremony at, Cal at the Loon. Loon. Yes.
1: Wow, hitched mm-hmm. at the Loon. Yes,
2: and I, I, I only knew about this because I keep getting tagged. People saying congratulations <laughs> that uh, you're getting, getting married, married
1: at the Cal.
0: <laughs>
2: yes. Uh. Uh, for the See, first time in its history, the Kowloon Restaurant on Route One in Saugus will close this weekend for a private wedding. Jared,
1: not a reception, a whole ass a wedding, wedding, a whole mm-hmm. ass wedding. We're we're mm-hmm. exchanging nuptials and getting chow mein. Yeah, like it's whatever you need. That's yep. that is that is fabulous. You know, you know, you're missing the boat on something. Do you, do you realize what we could be doing across the land if you would just become a Become a brother of the cloth with me,
2: an ordained minister
1: yes, so i I've been asked to do that a couple of times, yeah you need to you need to get ordained so we can travel the globe and bring holy matrimony to baseball fans
2: yeah i mean i i I will say that I've definitely been asked, and there was one point, maybe it was I think it was the twenty twenty spring training where we were supposed to go to Florida and then it it didn't happen. I think mm-hmm. I was supposed to marry two people down in Florida, but then we didn't mar- end up going.
1: I, mar- I married. Uh, I'm one to oh. My one to zero. My records one to Um uh, So I mean, it's a it's a pretty stellar winning percentage. We just yeah. start there. Uh, but yeah, exchange nuptials um, with with a group in the Oakland Coliseum. So I got to oh. got to marry them at the ballpark.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I'd be interested. I feel like I feel like I'd do a good job at that. But I just want to make sure that I look good while I'm doing it, which is where Indochino comes into play.
1: For sure. They'll take care of you.
2: Looking sharp all wedding season? That shouldn't be an expensive thing. With a custom fitted suit from Indochino, you'll create priceless memories without costing a fortune. Customize every single detail on your suit, shirt, dinner jacket, and more in a range of colors from a traditional black or gray to burgundy or olive to a classic Hemsworth navy put it this Burden way me? if you want me to marry you and your spouse uh you gotta let me know in a decent amount of time so i can head on over to indochino get a nice little suit tailor-made i got like a a very distinct shape like i'm not like i can't just go and buy something off the rack i'm very uh uniquely
1: shaped <laughs> these he's, days he's about as he's <laughs> about as long as he is like five eleven. 511 <laughs> with uh I don't know why you're laughing at that.
2: Why are you laughing at that?
1: I had a great I had a great time last night talking about how um cuz somebody asked me cuz I was talking about going to Hungary for hair plugs or whatever the whatever the turkey. fuck they do in Turkey. There you go, Turkey. And uh <laughs> they're like that's ridiculous and I was like Almost as ridiculous as wanting to get metal rods planted into your legs. And they're like, they're like is that even real? Who would even go to that extent? And, then, yeah. <laughs> and I said, hey, you know what? Don't there's judge. A market. Right? Don't yeah, judge. There is a market.
2: There's a market out there. Uh, just like there's a market for suits, but you better choose Endochino because every suit is made to your exact measurements and you can customize every single detail. Create a suit that fits for you and your style perfectly. With options for fabrics, lapel shape, custom monograms, statement linings, and more. They also have tuxedos starting at just $579. Why rent when you could buy a custom tux that you can rewear for years to come? Indochino also offers completely customized fitted shirts, casual wear, and more. Get a superior wardrobe personalized to your style and taste without the luxury price tag. They're always adding new pieces and options so you can stay on trend and in style. Explore their relaxed yet refined approach to spring suits with their new spring fabrics. RSVP, knowing that you've got the perfect look all wedding season from Indochino. Go to Indochino.com. Use the promo code DEAD, D-E-A-D, to get 10% off of any purchase of $399 or more. That is I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Promo code DEAD. Um... Yeah, there are a couple of uh, a lot of drama stories on the episode today, or especially over the weekend. This is from the New York Post. Do you see this about Justin Verlander? What do you got? Fire away. I think I may have saw it. Justin Verlander's diva attitude didn't uh sit well with Max Scherzer and some Mets. Diva. Diva. I mean, if you're a fucking first ballot Hall of Famer, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. And he was the only pitcher on the staff that was worth the damn. Like, what do you mean well, he's a diva?
1: Well, it's it's a um. <clears throat> so Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, two very Their problems go way back to
2: Detroit. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, and 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 they they're two very different personalities, right? Like, mm. like Max is the guy who's telling his manager to not fucking touch him in the in the dugout. Like, it's your fucking hand, don't fucking touch me. Don't like. He's that dude. Like on his start day, on his work day, he's an absolute psycho. Just an absolute psycho. Yeah. And Justin Verlander is just not that dude, right? He's different than that. Well, and you have Verlander going from where he came from in Houston, and this is one of the basis of their you know diva assessment is that Verlander was continually measuring, uh what the resources were where he had come from and comparing those to what the resources he had at the time were. And that can, I think rub guys the wrong way. We call that, you know, Hey, like buddy cut the fucking rope at some point in time. Like you're going to have to cut the rope, meaning the rope that is tying you and this organization together. Like you're going to have to cut it, like cut the cord. Come on, dude. Well, like, this you're with is, us this now. is
2: the rest of the story. The two likely future hall of famers who look to work towards harmony, a source told the posts, Mike Puma, after they didn't have the best relationship when they pitched for the Tigers from 2010 to 2014, still had some bumps in their relationship this season. A Met told Puma that Verlander was a, quote, diva who was detached from his Mets teammates and complained about how the team's analytics department was not at the level as the one he worked with during his first stint with the Astros. And it was that, quote, diva attitude that caused Scherzer to grumble some about Verlander. It was a different vibe than last year's rotation had as Scherzer and Chris Bassett were free and offering information to the team's other young pitchers. Nevertheless, the Mets let Bassett walk in the offseason to the Blue Jays as the club brought in Verlander, Jose Quintana and Kodai Senga.
1: So let me let me just I'll I'll just lay this out for you. okay? think about the type of personality that you might think Chris Bassett has or if you've spoken to Chris, Bassett. I don't, I don't know if any of you guys have, have talked to Bassett, but if Chris you, if you talk a no to
2: bullshit kind of guy,
1: and I'm going to ask you guys, who do you think Chris Bassett gravitated towards when it was time to go to work, uh, in that Mets rotation? Probably Scherzer. That's a great guess, Jared. That's a great guess, <laughs> And you can start to quickly see the difference in personalities, and it's not knocking any any one of these guys. But I think you probably have a guy like Scherzer who just gives you the impression that he's more of a "Let's figure this shit out." Like I can get to work in the bullpen. Like I'll get the slider down. I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Like I, I have the resources that I have, and that's going to help me figure this out. But I'm a, I'm a big leaguer. I I can do this. I've been doing this, and then. He is listening to somebody who is first ballot Hall of Famer the minute he hangs him up, but is maybe saying, yeah, you know, I'd really like to have this information, but I don't have it. And I think if I had this, I could be better. And I think and so you got the, you know, maybe more rough around the edges guy going, what the fuck? Do you really need the camera? Do you really need the numbers? Do you really need the? So that's where I think, you know, maybe fairly or unfairly, Justin Verlander gets labeled the diva because he's somebody who has. Valued the data because of what it has done for him. He's he's seen it unfold in real time. How you can be successful when you have the resources to assess yourself day in day out at a high level, at a detailed level, and he operates that way. So that suits him. And Max Scherzer maybe just doesn't operate that way. And so those are two guys going about their job very differently, but getting very very similar results. I mean, it's, you got two uh, alphas. Those are two those are two fucking alphas, man. It's two alphas. Like also,
2: by the way, like I didn't I, before I when I saw the headline, I didn't think I would find myself on Team Verlander, but I think I am. Um, and that's not because I do a podcast with a Verlander wannabe. It's because I'm on Justin Verlander's <laughs> side in this story. It is a I mean, if he I'm gonna goes punch you in the head, if he goes to the Mets and he's like, hey, you guys just gave me $43 million to be a part of a championship organization uh, pursuit. And you guys, it's like, I, I just traveled back in time. Like I just came from the Houston Astros organization and say what you want about the cheating, but we have a r- legit ring that we just won and we're in the ALCS seven straight fucking years. We know what we're doing over there. Then I come over here and everyone's talking about how the Mets are a dumpster fire and this and that. And Oh, it was the ownership, but it's like, you, the way that you're looking at baseball and preparing your players for 162 games, you're doing it in a way that's archaic. Like, I, hello, like, I, help me, help me help you. And, well, and uh, go
1: ahead, go ahead.
2: You know, I was just going to say, like, I, I understand his frustration. Like, if you're coming yeah. from the Astros organization, it's like, we've got this. And it's proven because we just won a World Series. And you've got this. And you haven't won a World Series since 1986.
1: Then like, hello, let, let's catch up with the times here. How are you? I would be aggravated with how far behind they were. Well, and, and that's the thing is, let's say that Justin Verlander and myself are on the same pitching staff and I walk in there after being acquired and I'm telling them just how far behind they are and they're not looking at me like a first ballot Hall of Famer. Maybe they're not valuing my input. Because I don't have the black ink on my baseball reference page that Justin Verlander does. So then you you would like to think that when Justin Verlander walks into that room and says the same shit I'm saying, that you would go, oh, well, you know what? At at the bare minimum, that's two of our pitchers that have felt this way. One of them, low-level, guy's fucking lucky to have a locker. The other guy's going to Cooperstown, and he's saying the same shit. Like, are we going to listen to anybody? Like, are you, are you not going to value that at all? But Jared, it goes a step beyond that culture culture is a very real thing. It can make up for the lack of talent. It can make up for the lack of resources, but it can also enhance to another level. When you've got a lot of different people, all pulling in the same direction that have the same priorities and that are messaging the same way from the kids in a ball to the big leagues and everywhere in between. And the idea is just about getting them better and maximizing them. It's a, it's an it's a symbiotic relationship. I understand you have the resources and the information to get me better. And you understand that you want that for me. So it's basically like, let's just use each other. Sound good. Let's just use the shit out of each other. You make me better and I'll put the pedal to the metal, baby.
2: Am I, am I misreading this by thinking that whoever called Verlander a diva has like a little bit of jealousy going on? Yeah, because not at all. Because if, if I'm me, right? Like I'm a, I'm a pitcher in the Mets rotation. And I've been there the whole time. And maybe I'm looking around being like, I'm kind of mediocre. I want to be better. I think as a team, we can be better. And then Justin Verlander walks into the clubhouse and is like, guys, what the fuck are we doing? Like we need to be better in this, 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 and this. And I'm thinking to myself, Listen to this guy. Like it's not like it's it's some slap dick walking in there being like, what kind of operation are we running here? It's a dude that's got multiple Cy Young's, it's a dude that's got MVPs, it's a dude that's p- pitched in the postseason, one World Series titles. Like, that's a guy that I'm like, all right, if he's saying it, then why are we not listening to him? Instead of calling him a diva, maybe well, we hear him out and, and, and he's like, Yeah, like we <laughs> should be doing it different around here. What the fuck? Like, he didn't walk into a, a fucking uh, organization with a rich tradition of winning championships like if he's telling you it's done different over there and over there is a place that wins championships and goes to the lcs every single year instead of calling him a diva how about we just fucking listen to him
1: because there's always there's always pushback when it comes to having somebody new come you in think that and you're present, than us? present new ideas yeah it, it can come off condescending you know like like guys like, I, I get it. We're all playing baseball here. But are you is this really how you guys are playing baseball still? Like, you haven't even thought about this stuff that I'm talking about. So then it becomes a situation where if if you're still using an abacus, but I'm trying to teach you how to use a fucking AI. graphing calculator yeah. or A.I. And you're just like, no, the abacus is fine. Like, I've been ju- then it's like, OK, look, you're rooted in what you're going to do. And that's how you're going to do it but I have seen the other side. I've seen the results with this damn thing and I'm going to roll this way. Okay. I'm going to teach the guys how to use this thing. So appreciate the abacus. Tuck that in. I'll see you on my way to the fucking postseason every year. But there's also an example of this happening prior to a Justin Verlander. Think about Trevor Bauer. Once again, coming out of college into pro ball, With his body blade and his arm care routines and his long toss routines and his weighted ball routines. And people were looking at him like he was a fucking cyclops. And you can have your opinions about him personally, but as far as him sticking to his script and doing the outlier things that people had opinions about, well, put him in a pretty decent position to earn a pretty decent living based on his productivity and having not strayed from what he was doing so diva okay on my way to a 10 figure contract sure diva
0: you guys said it right right off the bat hall of fame pitcher is a little high maintenance you know weather at 11 it's just like i i clicked on that article and frankly i was disappointed I was like, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna get something salacious here because it's the New York Post, and you get it was just a big nothing burger. It's it's uh, slow news for me. It's no news day for a slow team. Yeah, no no shit, exactly. Um, And anybody who didn't know that Justin Verlander came with a little bit of that over the previous like whatever it's been, 17 seasons, uh, 18 seasons, just wasn't paying any attention. I'm not saying he's a bad dude. I'm just saying like. He's arguably the greatest pitcher of his generation. Right. Do you yeah. think previous versions of that were not a little high maintenance in their own way? Randy well, look, Johnson I mean, certainly look. was. Pedro Martinez certainly was. Roger Clemens has his own thing things going on. Um, we know Curt Schilling, Jay Hay, on yeah. a on a different level. Yeah, I plenty mean. <laughs> of things going on there then and now. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, putting aside what Curt is right now, like there was nobody who was under the impression that he was like a lovable clubhouse favorite when he was in Philadelphia or Arizona, right? Like he was no. at the peak of his powers and he behaved like a lot of pitchers behave when they are at the peak of their powers. Like it's just whatever. Yeah. I, I,
2: that's kind of where I fall on the, at least the depiction of Justin Verlander is of all the human beings on the planet earth right now. There are like different rules for different people, and when you're Justin Verlander and you've won World Series titles and you've won MVPs and Cy Young awards, and you're gonna you you already know that you're gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer, um, yeah, like you can carry yourself in a different way, and he, I don't yeah. think that he does it in an obnoxious way. Like there are definitely no there are definitely guys in our game or just in professional sports where it's like motherfucker, like who's the fucking asshole that pretends to, that thinks that he's Gronk. On the Chiefs, whoa, buddy! You talking Travis. about? First of all, Travis, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey yeah. doesn't think that he's dude. Gronk. <laughs> oh, yes, he does. That yes, he does. He is fucking. Wow, he's a Gronk. The wannabe. hate. I mean, he's yeah, a he's fucking a gronk
1: put some respect on the name, Jared. You can put still some be good respect be, on the name.
2: Imagine if you took his personality and put it in Justin Verlander. How much everyone would hate Justin Verlander?
1: I don't know, man. I I I, I fucking love I love Kelsey. No, yeah, (laughs) yeah, people like that
2: guy. Maybe if you said Antonio
3: Brown, people don't like that. You could have said Antonio Brown,
1: yeah, maybe people in your group, in your (laughs) world,
2: Travis Kelsey, that is gimmick infringement. He is just like, oh, what Gronk did works, I'll just do that, and that's what he's doing. What, touch, get touchdowns (laughs) outside of football? (laughs) He's a Gronk wannabe, anyways. He doesn't act like that. Verlander doesn't act like that for the most part. Like he's because not insufferable. He, because the only thing that, the only thing insufferable that's ever come out of the Verlander camp uh, is when <laughs> when Kate Upton will complain on behalf of him when he doesn't win Cy Young Awards. But on the other side of it, she's actually not she's wrong. Been, yeah, she's she's been she's right. been yeah, she's been
1: justified in when that. She's been justified when she's
2: spoken up, being like, what the fuck? Like he should have won the Cy Young Award.
1: Spot the lie, you know, but. Well, listen, when you walk around, like w- when you're a pitcher like that, you're walking around with the presence of a By the way,
2: Dallas pilot. Dallas would defend Travis Kelsey as a, as a Ben Verlander wannabe himself. Like he's like,
1: what's wrong with stealing people's bits? What's what's wrong with
2: being with taking on someone else's gimmick?
1: <laughs> but go ahead. You're walking around with a fighter <laughs> pilot mentality. That's what you're doing. And that's what Verlander does. Because you're making shit move and dance and do things better than anybody on the planet can. And you know that. And the numbers back that up. So when when you have that to support why you do the things you do, I, I don't believe anybody reserves the right to question you. Yeah. Here, how you know, about it's, this? It's, what if, it's what almost if... like the scene from A Few Good Men. I would rather you just say thank you and go on about your day.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. I was well. I was gonna say like, what? What if his ERA gets worse with the Astros, with all this new data that he has, and if he's given the Mets shit, being like, "Well, where's the, where's the freaking you know, calculators or whatever?" Then when he gets his calculators. Say "I'm fucking
2: forty, dude. Like, I <laughs> I just had a I just had a yeah. sub two last year in my third age thirty eight season. Like, give me a goddamn break. Like, I don't think it's a uh, apply the data because i'm in the prime of my career it's like the dude is as old as dallas wow
1: (laughs) i mean am i I wrong
2: he's older he's older than
3: dallas he's
1: he's older he's fucking older that's old gray balls
2: yeah yeah that's that's up there i don't know how the fuck he's still throwing major league pitches so if he goes back to houston and it's not a sub two are you going to be disappointed joe
3: I'm, me personally, I yeah, I'll be, no, I wouldn't be disappointed.
1: Okay. If you I was you him, can live I'm with like, him just aging gracefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> know, like okay. if, uh, <laughs> you good at that? <laughs> I'm fine with
3: him, man. He's done enough for me and he's got nothing left to prove in my camp. All right. A guy no, like really me, doesn't. I respect good baseball. That's good to hear.
1: Good, good to hear. <laughs> good and, to hear. He's, you
3: know, <laughs> he's got my nod of approval.
1: Pitch yeah. for fucking twenty seasons in the big leagues, size and MVPs and rings. You know it's, it'll do. That's adequate. <laughs> I do a good, this is a good run. <laughs> he's earned
2: my respect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got your respect. That's good. Um, if you want to go see Justin Verlander pitch, you can do that as well. Use a game time app if you do. Head on down to Houston, maybe see him on the road. Uh, I think the Astros come... Right, Jake, do the Astros come here soon, right? Uh, Yeah, I think we go Astros, Yankees, and Astros back here. Yeah, the Astros come here. Yeah, so next week, we go to Houston the week after Houston comes here. So I can catch up with my pal, Alex Bregman. Second best offensive player in Major League Baseball the year that I struck him out on camera. <laughs> um. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, uh, theater near you. Also, with killer deals on last-minute tickets with their best price guarantee, we call it the Bob Guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all the fun that you'll have. Uh, I got people asking me left and right about uh, this Morgan Wallen concert. You're like, oh, can you get me tickets? Can you get me tickets? They're like, bro, just go on game time. Like, why are you asking me for tickets when you can just go on the game time app and get awesome prices on great seats? Are you a Morgan Wallen guy, Dallas? I feel like you probably might be.
1: Um, no, I don't. Like, I'll be honest. I, I mean, I know he's a big star, big country music star, but yeah. I, I honestly, I, I'm, I've had a hard time getting back on the country music bandwagon because it just feels like it was there's a there's a moment until like a decade where it was just like pop and i'm i'm a fan of the old school country music yeah i don't know yeah i'm with you i'm not saying morgan Wallen fits into that category i don't i don't know his stuff
2: forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section in row for less, game GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you are set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Download the GameTime app. Create an account. Use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D, and that'll get you $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Use a promo code Jared that'll get you twenty dollars off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Bob guaranteed. By the way, uh, why didn't any of the Bob Garan drama make it into the Dallas Braden video, Joe? It's just it's
3: you're afraid it's really of too here? much. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's just very deep things. It goes to the layers, so many layers. That's something that just saying out loud would probably put you know my life in danger. Dallas his life, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just something I'd get demonetized. I get taken off YouTube because it's that right serious. age restricted.
2: Oh yeah, it's in your bad. in your research that you did for the video. What uh, what dirt did you dig up on the Bob Guerin versus Dallas Braden feud? Um,
3: honestly. Dallas got pulled a little early a couple times. Mm -hmm. Showed some attitude on camera that I caught. Mm -hmm. That could be something. I didn't ask about that. I know Mm -hmm. that he was banned from wearing his natural hair (laughs) uh, afro on throwback day, which we've covered. So Mm -hmm. those are two things that could be it. There's also other things that we just can't talk about.
2: Okay. Okay. Big, big Big things. Wow. Uh Dallas, how has the uh now that it's been a little bit, I'm sure how many views is it up to, Joe?
3: Uh it's like five hundred thousand something. Oh damn.
2: Uh now that now that half a million people have seen that video, uh what has the reaction been like for you, Dallas?
1: Um well a lot of my friends were like, you know, like Damn didn't didn't think you would talk about that. Um <laughs> and then other other people were like obviously like fuck had no idea. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I think that was probably the biggest reaction. And I just I hope people understand like my story is not so much different than a lot of other people trying to do whatever it is they want to do, having to make sacrifices and you know, you feel like the world sometimes is kinda up against you and, and just fucking whooping your ass daily. But uh you you just try to figure out, find a way to make it happen. Yeah,
2: my story is not different than most other people i just you know grew up in poverty and barely graduated high school didn't get into a college and threw a perfect game in major league baseball i'm just like you i'm just like you guys
1: (laughs) well you know it's hey we all have our paths we all have our paths but it was uh yeah it's been it's been it's been revealing i guess to a lot of people yeah because because i think a lot of people just don't understand you know some of the shit that you have to go through, or don't really know. I mean, it's not like I've had an, not like I've had a fucking TED talk about how I grew up or anything. So this was very revelatory for a lot of people. I mean, and a lot of my coaches reached out. To have they? Yeah, yeah. Like my like my junior college coaches. You know, they were that obviously were a part of and saw that all unfold firsthand. You know, they're like, yeah, like I just kind of like, man, yeah, you know, I'm sure that feels good to maybe get out. I'm sure, you know, maybe that did something for you. So just to like reconnect and talk to those guys, also cool. Hmm.
3: I got a comment from allegedly the guy who stole home in the Stockton Clash beatdown game. <laughs>
1: oh, com- oh, really? Yeah, someone commented that was me. I stole home. Uh, did um, <laughs> I don't want to. Here I'm gonna text you. I'm gonna text you his name, and I'm gonna and see if it. Uh, if I don't it know. I name. don't
3: think. I don't think it was an account with a name. It was like a random oh, okay. account. But right. screenshot Te- it. Text
1: me. Yeah. Yeah. Screenshot it. Send me the account. <laughs> because like when me and the homies get together, like anybody from that team will. You know, we always talk about that story because just because of how ludicrous it is, and people don't believe it that, that is funny.
2: pretty ludicrous um jay hey is there anything else that that we miss
0: missed no yeah no i mean i've got like end of pod nugs, huh. if that's where we're at but yeah. let me uh well I don't think we let me ask anything. you guys
1: this no let me ask you guys this though um because we've talked a lot about otani and what the projection in the offseason looks like, what that whole song and dance is going to unfold as. Does him having a start pushed back due to arm fatigue do anything for you? Does that raise any flags? Does Does that do anything at all? Is this a cause for concern. I mean, I'm not talking like, Oh my God, is he hurt? Is he, but remember the one thing that I have always talked about is how detailed taking care of Shohei Otani actually is and how much work actually goes in to that. And if you're a potential suitor of Shohei Otani is something like this already giving you pause where you have to go back, and go all right, all right. Look, you know what? It's it's the end of the season. He's he's a little fatigued. Like, it, are 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 we starting to see? Are we starting to see the impact of him playing every day a couple years in a row now? Like, like does this do anything for you, or is this a is this a bro? He's just had a start pushback because he pitches and hits every fucking day. So, duh, we're just giving him a breather. To
0: to me, it's enough. It's close to a nothing burger and like in the era of when pitchers would give you 200 or 220 innings a year and that was your expectation out of a frontline guy maybe that maybe that is a different conversation but in an era where you can be the best pitcher on your team and throw 140 to 160 innings in a year um that coupled with the fact that my immediate reaction when i saw that was not a reflection on otani but a reflection on once again how thin the margin for error was for the angels in their decision to go for it, because not only was it resting on Otani so heavily because of his greatness that any sort of sidetrack was going to throw them completely off. And it just so happens that this Otani sidetrack happened after their playoff odds were already kind of dead and buried. But that to me was another thing that like, it was always just resting on such a, a fragile foundation um, but to me as in terms of Otani no it's just a it's a management thing and I think he probably also realizes where the angels are at in this picture right now and to whatever degree he's self-maintenancing um, or like makes the call for when he will be pitching and won't be pitching um, there might be some of that going on too because the angels it's over and, and we're all on the same page.
3: <laughs> That's yeah. got to be what it is. Because Shohei's always they always say, like, it's really up to him when he pitches, when he rests, all that. And he's been taking, he's been playing every single game. He's taken, like, two, like, what, three rest days or something crazy low. And he's been, his fingers are cramping. He's cramping in his back
1: every single game. And it's his like. There's there a couple of weeks ago where he, I mean, his base is loaded. And Otani did not hit because he had cramps in his legs. It, mm.
0: That Joey's point to me is a great reminder because when I, in when Shohei Otani was going to be a permanent pitcher and a permanent hitter, I always envisioned more off days coming for him on both sides, both sides. I thought he'd take more mm-hmm. off days hitting and you would just see him four or five days a week and you would, you would have more starts skipped throughout the season and the fact that he has done that less and less frequently as the years have gone on, and particularly on offense, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it seems like the man is playing not only when he pitches, of course, but he's also playing the day following pitching, I think, way mm-hmm. more than he used to. And yeah, so, like, yeah. if if you sign him to a long-term deal and you have Shohei Otani under an 8 or 10 or 12-year pact, then, yes, maybe you come up with a plan that is a little bit more prohibitive when it comes to his single season usage, right? Or his usage pattern throughout the season because it's now your investment. We also have to remember that the Angels were going for a playoff spot with Otani's contract expiring. So to some degree, their priority was probably not now, but was maximizing their opportunity to win baseball games right now, right? And the team that signs Otani We'll be balancing the five or $600 million investment that they've made with the priority of winning baseball games in May, June, or July of a given season.
3: I mean, every time so, you hear Otani get interviewed and he says it constantly, like, what's your goal? He's like, I just want to stay healthy. He says that nonstop. That's like, is like, seems to be very important to him. And he's pitching through all this shit when they're competing. Cause I think he's been tired and still pitched through it. But now it's like pretty obvious they're not making the playoffs. I can see that decision being made. Like I am freaking tired oh, as fuck. Yeah. I should take and a his, day off. And there's no reason not to. It's not. It doesn't seem like his, it's like he's got a fucking bad shoulder that might need surgery, so he's got to miss a start because I don't think it's no,
1: that. Absolutely, no, it's it's no, not at all. That's why I posed the question because I know that this is Shohei Otani going. Look, hey, the, the 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 scoreboard says what it says. Okay, and the reason that my health is paramount to me is because I am two players in one. And I am so impactful that if I'm just not feeling great here, it impacts two players. It doesn't impact just one. It impacts two players. So my health has to be prioritized because if I'm healthy, I help any team get that much closer to a world series championship. So, and and I also get that much closer to signing a billion dollar contract.
0: And just as a secondary, like fallout, this is where paying the price that they did for Lucas Giolito becomes doubly painful because the expectation when you're acquiring Giolito forget winning the World Series or winning playoff games is that he will be making 6 to 8 high leverage starts for you down the stretch of the season if not more if not 10 and the reality is is that if we're going to if we're going to reduce it to is this guy pitching or playing in games that quote unquote matter in August and September the answer is that they acquired they paid a price to acquire a frontline pitcher to pitch in games that pretty much won't matter now. And they okay. got what two or three starts out of Giolito? Two, I think two before their two. odds were so low that th- they were rendered an afterthought. And that's why the prospect cost hurts, because I have absolutely no idea what that prospect is going to become. And I, I don't think anybody on this pod really does. But the chance of him becoming a six-year starter for the for the White Sox is a brutal turn of events to get two starts out of Lucas Fiolito that ended up mattering to your season.
3: Hey, when it happened, we all said it. It's a risk. We're pumped. You know, it's cool. They're going for it, but it was definitely a risk.
2: Now you see why. Yeah. That is uh I would call Max, but I don't know. No, what's he got no to reason.
0: say? There's nothing left for him to say. No, <laughs> the next check-in with nothing. max should be in the off season yeah yeah he, uh, no offense he he, announced yeah
2: he just got surgery on his leg too so he's all fucked up on drugs too like there's no way that those takes are gonna be solidarity worth. with Co-herit. Anthony Rendon, huh <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh. he basically he didn't he didn't even have an injury but he just went and got the surgery that anthony Rendon needs just to <laughs> Just that he can firsthand experience what Rendon's going through.
0: Just sympathy ACL surgery. (laughs) Arguing with the arguing with the nurse and doctor about whether Rendon is a star.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's what he's doing. But that's why he's uh, he's the king of Halo's Twitter. He's willing to go to to lengths that no one else even thought to go. Never mind, wouldn't dare to go. They didn't even think about that lane. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I'm gonna get season-ending surgery. In solidarity with Anthony Rendon.
1: (laughs) It's a hell of a play. Hell of
2: a play. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zinn nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zin. Zin is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction because it's discreet. You can enjoy it anywhere, anytime. So you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, Every can of Zin earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top of the line tech, Zin swag, even gift cards. Find your Zin at your local convenience store or online at zin.com. That's zin dot com. Warning: This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right. Uh final thoughts, Dallas?
1: Um yeah, baseball aside, um I just want to let the folks know in Hawaii uh, because Hawaii is an extremely baseball-rich culture. They have an incredible, incredible baseball culture in the chain of the islands. Um, Having lived on Oahu for almost a year, uh, I had the opportunity to work with little kids every day and to work with high school kids. And their love for sport, their love for for just competition is truly only surpassed by the love of their culture. And to watch what has unfolded on the Island of Maui is fucking devastating. And it is heart wrenching um, to think that multiple towns and, you know, Lahaina is just gone completely gone. And I mean, trust me, I'd love to have another platform where I could go in and talk about why an area like that has been just obliterated. Um, but that's not for this podcast. So I just want to let the folks know in Hawaii, in the chain that my heart is with you. Um, the Ohana is strong. Keep your head up, man. It's a, that's a, that's a, as somebody who's been a part of wildfires and felt the impact, <clears throat> I know how bad that sucks. So if it's baseball at any point in time that can alleviate the stress or just get you away from what you're going through. You know, I, I hope that baseball can serve that purpose, but I know there's a lot of big leaguers that are from Hawaii, you know, Shane Victorino, Kurt Suzuki, Brandon league, just to name a few, um, Colton, Shane Wong. Com- Colton Wong. Yeah. Did I say Shane Comine? No. Shane Comine the Hawaiian punch out. I mean, uh, there's, there's, and there's more that I, I, I know I'm, I'm overlooking not intentionally, but, uh yeah, there's just there's strong baseball ties to the islands and I and I know they're hurting right now.
2: Joseph?
3: Um how about Mr. Trey Turner? Is he Dude. back? Are you gonna say it? He's been back. Okay. Uh-huh. Philly, you know, the city of brotherly love. that came together and said, let's not be fucking pieces of shit for once in our whole fucking lives. Let's actually be something fucking nice and not fucking uh call everyone an asshole and boo everybody. They said we're gonna give him a standing ovation. The Philly Captain. Shout out to the Philly Captain who started it. They gave him a game of standing ovation ever since. He's got a 12 uh 1,207 OPS. Slugging 744, batting
2: 436. You say numbers, so fucking weird, dude.
1: <laughs> Twelve, three, seven 7.04, holler. Trying out
0: numbers for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is something that
3: you guys don't understand when you're talking out loud. It's when, sometimes when you start doing numbers, audio, right. people have a hard time following them. So I'm oh. trying to go slow. It's an
2: us It's an us thing.
3: Yeah. You guys aren't aware yeah. of it. I'm aware of it. it. You know, I'm Got a, a it. professional <laughs> communicator myself in my own right. So I'd like a little bit professional more. Professional you know, communicator.
2: Respect. Got it.
3: Well, <laughs> like a little bit more 1207 OPS. <laughs> okay, it's hey. pretty good. There you go.
1: I think it's you. That be, <laughs> like it's you guy learned be- what OPS is. Now he's showing off.
3: Yeah, I'm learning. It. I'm learning new things every day.
1: Hey, yeah. but I mean, the Trey Turner thing, like seriously, that's about as dope as it gets. Like the Philly fans are like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to love you, dude. And he says, thank you. I'm going to hit a homer for you. And then he took out a billboard. He took out a billboard thanking the fans
0: in Philly for the love and the support. And then what do you do again? Hit another bomb. Listen. Yeah. Listen, Joey slander aside, I believe Bryce Harper had a quote uh, a week or two ago saying about the fans in Philly that he wished he had started his career there. Um, Yeah, he did say that. So shout out. Shout out to my people. Um, Oh, is it on me now?
2: yeah
0: <laughs> cool yeah sure uh yeah. oh also shout out to joey for doing a little tom Smikowski bit there yo i have i have people skills i am good at dealing with people can't you assholes understand that um <laughs> the all right so who, quick, who the fuck is that oh oh office space are you really
3: tom <laughs> Smikowski. Never seen an job? i've heard of it it's on my list all right uh, i don't know can't you on
1: my list what would you say you do here Hey, um, I was just I was just on the team bus and dropped a dumb and dumber line and
0: somebody it. responded with did not land. What's dumb and dumber? No, nah, that's fucking what? bullshit. Yeah, that's honestly, no, that's I don't great. even care what it makes me sound like. That is a reflection on the person who didn't know the line. There are that's some sure movies are. that transcend generations and that as far as quotability should be one of them um, yeah, should agree. be the one. Yeah, I mean, really elite of the elite. Uh, Both of those movies. Yes, I agree. Uh, all right, quick nug dump here uh I know you know Jared probably doesn't want to hear this, but shout out to Aaron judge, who uh in fifteen Judgey? I fucking in,
2: love judge about in
0: fifteen games <laughs> since coming back and playing on one foot you know nine toes whatever whatever the count is, he has a nine ten ops and a four fifty three on base percentage, so he's basically doing like prime vado prime bonds on base percentage stuff um while playing on one foot. Uh, That's the 10th highest on base percentage over that stretch. Um, So listen, he's clearly diminished. He can't, he's not hitting for quite as much power as he did beforehand, but the fact that he's back in the lineup and getting on base at a nearly 500 clip is, I mean, it's the only hope that offense has. Um, Jose. I mean, you rarely see players stand on the base with two feet anyway, so it's not that big
1: of a deal. Wow. Does he hit from the base or does he hit from home plate? Well, I just, just wanted to let you know that that's that's all. Being on base with one foot not that impressive.
0: I think Everyone I dem- I think I demonstrated my it. familiarity Everybody with the bases does. and the pitcher's mound <laughs> and the rubber when Jared took us out on the field. Um I showed I was yeah. an expert there. Uh Jose Altuve, uh since he came back this I I know Jordan and all that stuff, but like Altuve has maybe been the best player in baseball since he came back from uh the IL in seventy five plate appearances. He's hitting four oh six with a 1.134 OPS, three homers, and six stolen bases. Um, And then uh, the Cleveland duo. I know the front office punted on the season. I know that they're down 60% of a starting rotation. But shout out to the people who are pitching in the starting rotation in their absence, because Gavin Williams and Tanner Beebe have been, like, fucking awesome. And that continued over the weekend. Combined since the since late June, basically when Gavin Williams made his uh, his debut, they have combined for 110 innings with a 2.29 ERA over 19 starts. And for Williams, uh, for Williams specifically, his last two starts have shown a swing and miss that he did not through his first eight. Over his last two, he has 22 strikeouts and one walk. In 12 innings pitch, that goes with six hits. So he's basically been borderline untouchable. And since that late June mark, Tanner Beebe has the second best ERA in Major League Baseball behind only Blake Snell. So the pitching factory continues. Um, and uh, while I think that's super encouraging for what it means for the future of the Guardians rotation and their ability to replenish, it actually makes me more angry uh that they didn't uh put something behind the 2023 version because it's actually possible that despite the absence of Bieber and McKenzie and Quantrill that this team's rotation still could have been good enough to win the AL Central if they had been given a little bit of help and not actively subtracted from the team. Uh, final final point, I just want to call out the series. There are a bunch of series starting either today or tomorrow, five by my count, um, that feature teams with legitimate playoff hopes. Uh, Astros, Marlins, Orioles, Padres, Rays, Giants, Phillies, and then tomorrow starts Phillies, Blue Jays, and Brewers, Dodgers. So a lot of good action.
2: Love that. Uh, I have a final thought this episode. Uh, shout out to the Born Braves. Back-to-back Cape League champs. Uh, the Born Braves were, yep, yep. Where's the, they deserve a round of applause, too. Back-to-back Cape League champion, Born Braves. A lot of good players, future major leaguers come out of the Cape League, specifically the Born Braves, the first Cape League team to take me in, wrap their arms around me, treat me as though I was one of their own. And I could have been in another life. I could have been a Born Brave. But instead, I had the, the honor of throwing out the first pitch for the back to back Cape League champs. So congrats to them. There were some fireworks last night in the championship game, too. There was a, I don't know if you saw that clip. There was a gentleman hit a home run. Catcher didn't like it. There was almost a, a, a little skirmish. Frocus. Yeah, fracas. Yeah. Oh, well, some Dukes getting put up over there.
0: Oh. Can I I'm back that up with a double final thought? Yes, yeah, sure. Back that ass up, Jay. Hey. Because I'm now seeing something that I had not seen before uh, on Twitter. And while I I am not going to defend Jeffrey Loria or his ownership of the, of the Marlins, uh, did you see his comments on Derek Jeter? I did not. Uh, <laughs> kind of not that important, really. But he said... Uh, Jeter came in and destroyed the ballpark. Destroying public art was a horrible thing to do in reference to removing the uh, the home run sculpture home run in center yeah. field. Yeah, it's his first and Laurie's the fish first, tank
3: and the fish tank.
0: Yeah, Lori's first com- uh, public comments uh, since selling the team sev- uh, seven years ago are available uh, for anybody interested, but he dishes on a bunch of stuff uh, including uh, the horrible, horrible thing that Derek Jeter did according to him. <laughs> I agree with him. I I 100% agree with him. It's the only thing that mattered about that ballpark. And if you were going to be gaudy and Miami and the whole thing, that was the whole point of the home run thing. And now it's just a stadium that not many people go to. Yeah. No fish. That, they it was a pretty good turnout yesterday when they when they had okay, that
2: ninth yesterday. inning comeback. Marlins egg hey, Jay Hay. They're packing them in there like fish sticks. Oh, Jay Hay. Yeah. Hey. If they if you go back and look at that clip, the big time ninth inning comeback no, not against the New York you. Yankees.
0: Marlins fans against the were going who? Bunk. Against the who?
2: The New York Yankees. Okay. Uh, we'll, see, we'll, see they were fans. we'll see what look their at attendance. We'll see what their attendance goes back a. to. Yeah, nope, Marlins fans. Nope. Fit. Nope. Nope. You gotta you gotta look at you gotta look at the crowd. You got to look at the crowd. They weren't just Yankees fans that were filling up those seats. Those were Marlins fans watching Marlins baseball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll check the tape. I'll check the tape. 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 They went bonkers. Jake's takes? Second to last in MLB in uh, attendance this year ahead of only the <laughs> Oakland Athletics. So last because they're not a real team. Right. Go ahead, Jake. World of uh, schedule. Red Sox.
2: Red Sox heading down a DC. Uh, face the Scrappy Nats. I just hope they do a little better than the A's. Yeah. I yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, love how everyone awful. in Jake's comments feels perfectly baked. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stayed in the oven for the exact right amount of time. Uh, yeah. yeah, I am going to scrappy assault two people
1: the minute I assume. <laughs>
2: <laughs> scrappy Nats. <clears throat> that series starts tomorrow. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And we will be back with more Baseball is Dead on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you then. We out!